Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, we are going to talk about these tough conversations we've had, or we have in life. This is our fourth week. Next week, we're going to bring it to a close. And if you haven't received one of these yet, hard conversation booklets, there's some, I'm sure, out in the lobby, out in the foyer for you that you can pick up. And uh, we have been talking about how to have difficult conversations. We have them all the time, don't we? I mean, we have them where we have to confront certain issues and people confront us, whether it's on the job or it's in the church or in the home or in our community. And, uh, and those are very uncomfortable. That's one of the reasons I've been sitting down through this is, as I've said each week, is usually when the conversations get to where you're standing, I'm kind of old school, when you start standing and you start stepping into each other, then you know the conversation has definitely gotten a little tense, Right. And so what we want to do, which is typical of us in many ways in the vineyard, is we want to dial things back a bit, you know, and especially our emotions and the way we process through these difficult conversations and times. So we, you could watch all this online, or, but please pick up one of these. This will help you. Uh, you also, on the back of your handout this morning, there's a, a very small fill-in because uh, we, we are not going to spend as much time as we normally do on this, but... Uh, let's read our scripture today. This is in Galatians 2.20. Uh, this letter that's written by Paul to this church in this city, they were indeed having some difficult conversations. And right in the middle of it, Paul says this, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Lord, bless the reading of your word. I thank you for your scripture, for the thing we call the Bible. Thank you that it is our handbook, Lord. It's full of life for us and direction. I pray you'd breathe life on it this morning. And uh, Lord, open our hearts to learn how to have more productive conversations, even when they're very tough, Lord, and difficult. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in the middle of this talking and, you know, here's, let me just give you a quick sum up of what's going on. It's like uh, there were the two groups. There were the Jewish Christians and then there were the Gentile Christians and the Jewish Christians of which Peter was a part and of James was a part. And of course, Paul was right. But what happened is suddenly, you know, the good Jewish Christians had started to say, hey, those that weren't Jewish need to be good Jewish followers as well as Christians. And so they started putting back on some of the Gentiles like me, like us, some of us who weren't raised with a whole lot of religiosity and a lot of you know, religious rules and stuff, and started saying, hey, you got to be circumcised, you have to follow these dietary laws, you have to do this, you have to do that. Uh, and plus, you know, Jesus died for your sins and he's your Lord and Savior. And Paul comes along and goes, no, 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 you can't add that back. It's Christ only. Now, why is it important? Here's why, and this is your fourth affirmation, because of this. We find our identity in Christ, not in how we feel. 
You get that? Because you can feel very insecure at times. You can feel very not, you just don't have what it takes. You can feel prideful. You can have all kind of feelings, especially when you're in difficult conversations to the point that it can hijack you. Suddenly you begin to react certain ways that later on you're going to go, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I acted like that. I just can't believe it. And as followers of Jesus, Paul is trying to say, look, we got to make the main thing the main thing. And this is very important for us, those of us who are Christ followers here. It's because in these difficult conversations, as we start to shift and move around, we're going to realize some things. And this is what you have listed below uh, in your handout. I kind of rephrased it a little bit, kind of. Seiko's Vineyard customized this, you know, a little bit. And I, I put this. Here's some of the things we realize or we need to realize is we all have limits. We all do. We have limits whenever we're being confronted or we're confronting people. We need to realize that, you know, there's such a thing as boundaries and there's such a thing as I don't have enough sometimes to deal with what I'm dealing with. And it's all right to understand this. Uh, you know, uh, whenever you feel hostility coming at you or whenever you feel like uh, I'm getting angry. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we said we usually respond with silence or violence. We either withdraw, we want to run away and hide, or we want to fight. And what we want to do as mature Christians, as mature people, human beings, is we want to understand. But you know what? We are not... We aren't limitless with what we can put up with. None of us are. We all have limits. And when we're in these crucial moments, it's important to know that your emotional tank or wherever you are, it, is, it doesn't go on for eternity. You don't have an endless supply of it. You don't. And to, to continue to subject yourself when you feel yourself getting angry, angry and angry means that your limits are, you know, are being exceeded. It's time to do something different. Or to feel yourself shrinking. You ever been in those conversations? Sure you have. I've been in them. When the more the conversation goes, the smaller you feel. You ever had those? You shrink, shrink, shrink. I'm shrinking. You're melting, melting. You know, and it's like, I don't know what's happening to me. Why do I feel like this? I just want to disappear. Right. And, and there are limits to things and recognizing that is important in the moment so that we don't lean into what we would consider to be our own sense of just endless, uh, you know, ability to handle whatever comes at us. We need something more than ourselves at those times. And that's why this affirmation uh, to remember who we are in Jesus is so important because there's enough of us that it will run out after a while. But you never run out of the grace of God. And once he's done his work in you and it's finished and completed, it's yours. It's you and him. There's no one that can minimize that or take that away from you. And when everything in the world and the struggles and all the loss and become the rapidly shrinking man or woman, it's important to realize that when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, there was no postscript to it. It was finished. Your value was forever established, no matter what you go through, no matter what you feel. And so you have limits to your own resources, limits. Another thing is that 
you know, you need support. It's okay to say that when you're in these situations. It's all right to go, you know, I need some people around me. Don't suffer through things like this by yourself. Find a good friend. I, I, have, I find people to bounce things off of all the time. And if I'm going through a decision to be made, if I'm having to deal with something, if I've been confronted about something or if I have to confront something, I am forever asking myself, what friend do I have to talk to? Uh, it's rare, maybe this is just age, you know, it's rare now that I ever deal with something that I have not ran by a couple of other people first. I just want to hear what they have to say before I, people, I don't broadcast it, I don't put it on Facebook. You know, what would you people do? You know, I got to deal with it. No, I don't, I, I, you know, I'm not taking a survey. I'm at, <laughs> You know, not doing that, because you know what that is, right? When you do surveys like that, when you, when you venture, you know what you're doing. Yeah, you know what you're doing. That's called, you know, passive-aggressive. That's what that's called, you know. You're just trying to go around the corner to get to that person, you know. How do I deal with this? And, and we, we are people to deal with things straight up. We have a, a deep well of love in our lives, and we're secure in Christ, and we're learning to live like that, but, but we need support, and so... We find someone. This is healthy. You find some person that you really trust and will be there with you in that moment. Now, they'll tell you the truth. It's just like, oh, they're trying to kill you. You know, don't do it. And I'm like, I mean, it's like, look, you're going to be okay. Do you know who you are in Christ? You know, let's pray for wisdom to handle this right now. Let's pray right now. You know, you can have peace in the midst of this as you deal with this. People that will stand with you in that and then so you don't go through it alone. That's okay because why? You have limits. You have limits. You're, you're not, you know, omnipresent and omniscient and omnipotent. And I had a guy ask me that. I was travailing over a situation I was trying to fix in somebody else's life. And, life, and this guy looked at me one day and said, who do you think you are, Jesus? <laughs> it's like you're trying to save people. You're trying, to, you're trying to make it all right. You're trying to get in there and fix it. And who do you think you are, Jesus? I'm like, no, I'm not Jesus. No, but I'm his follower. You know, and I know, his, I know he loves me, and I know he saved me, and I know he put his spirit in me. And I know he planted me in a body of people who are struggling just like I am at this moment. And I know you have wisdom in your word, and you have it in your church, and you have it with a few friends who can give it, you know, to me. So... So find support because you are limited in what you can do on your own. And the biggest thing, and it goes back to our first affirmation about our identity in Christ, is that we need to remember Jesus at those moments. I remember Jesus. I remember what he said about me. I remember what he did for me. And it's good to think he did the same thing for that other person, right? I mean, it's like, remember we talked about what do you see when you're having these conversations with that person? Tell yourself the truth. Who are they? Well, how does God see them? And, um, and so I remember that Christ came, that he died for me, that he saved me. We read in John 17 uh, last week or week before last that, you know what? Jesus says, I want my love to be in them and your love to be in talking about his disciples. And it said, so that they would come to know that you love them like you love me. And that's a powerful thing. 
That is a foundational part of our lives that no matter what kind of conversation we are in the middle of receiving from someone or having to deal with with another person, that we are not blown off that rock. No matter what happens, even if I have messed up and I'm being confronted about it, that that is not subject to being messed with. You get this? You are on the rock. Even when someone confronts you and corrects you about something, that, you have to hold on to that at that time. Jesus, you know what you're doing in me. All right, help me. But I'm here and firm with you. I remember you. I remember what you went through. I remember you standing firm. I remember you. And so help me walk through this in a really redemptive, wonderful way. Help me learn. But my value and the peace that I have with you is not subject to this conversation. It's been dealt with a long time ago. And so I remember Jesus. Uh, Paul writes in Romans 8, 1 through 2, and 33 through 39, these words. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, obviously, a lot can be against you, right? But this can't be taken from you. That's what he's saying. This is a sure thing in Christ. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's talking to the Father about you. When you're having these tough conversations and you've got to go into this situation, Jesus is sitting there. Hey, look at Tim. He's, well, man. You know, he's not saying that. He's going, oy vey. You know, uh, he's, 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 he's like, he's like, look at, look at my brother, Tim. Father, he's your son. Look at him. He's trying to, trying to do this thing right. Let's give him some help. The Holy Spirit's there inside of him. Let's give him some help. Let's help him navigate this. Let's reassure him of our love for him. And let's give him some wisdom. Let's help him. Let's remind him to call those people that he trusts people that have walked with him for some time. Let's remind him of that. So Jesus is there. The Father is in that. Shall trouble, well, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. This is what Paul lived with. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, he says. Even though that was the way he was living. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him. Who loved us, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You get that? That is the unshakable foundation of our lives that has been the unshakable foundation of this church for 20 years it has been the foundation of my life for the last 46 years I know I don't look over 46 that's 46 years of being a Christian okay 46 years 
of that has been what I keep going back to, what many of us, we run back to constantly over and over and over again. It is the anchor. It is the strength of everything that we are. It is what carried Paul through what he went through. He was like, this is unshakable. I'm considered to be sheep slaughtered. But no, no. It's unshakable, the love of God for me. Nothing that comes into my life can rob me of that. Nothing can shake that, and I'm going to be okay. One last thing. In the last chapter, in John 21, 15 through 18, you may remember this. Jesus is talking to Peter, right? They've had a breakfast on the beach. It's great. They went fishing. They actually caught something And after they listened to Jesus. And, um, you know, Jesus says, bring some fish. He had some fish. Where he got it from, I don't know, but he had some too. He put it together. I just love that picture. We're getting ready to eat. That Jesus brings some of his food. The disciples bring some of their food. And he cooks it on the beach. And they come in and they're sitting around and they're talking. And Jesus looks at Peter and do you remember this? He said, Peter, do you love me? Do you remember that? Three times. Do you love me? Feed my sheep, right? Three times. Now, that's the third time Peter is like, man, this is, because he did not hear me. What happened? You know? Or, or is he thinking he doesn't believe me? But at the end of that third time, he asked, Jesus says to him, there's going to become a time in your life, Peter, when they're going to come and get you and lead you where you don't want to go. And you know the story of Peter. He was crucified upside down. That's tradition. That's what it says. He didn't consider to be crucified like his Lord, so flip me upside down and crucify me that way for his faith. Jesus was talking about that, but you know what he was doing to him? He was saying, you're going to walk through some tough times, Peter, but I want you to remember this. You love me. You love me. You love me. And you'll walk through this life, and you're going to walk through some tough times, but you're going to continue to do what I called you to do, and you should know that I love you. It was more for him. It wasn't because Jesus didn't know that. He wanted Peter to hear it. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Yes, Lord. Can you say that? Yes, Lord. I know you love me. Let's say it. Yes, Lord. I know you love me. And in the midst of our difficult conversations, the difficult times at life, it's very important that this fourth affirmation be nailed and driven into our lives deeply. And that is that our identity in Christ and the love that he has for us cannot be shaken. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning and thank you for your word. Thank you for this beautiful church, these people, Lord. Oh, God, thank you so much. Thank you for the voices that I hear on Sunday mornings when they sing. Thank you for how they serve and they help others during the week and on Sundays here and on Wednesday nights and at the J1 and all our outreaches and on the mission field like Doug and and uh, Ricardo and Thor and all the other missionaries that, that, Lord, we support and try to work with. And, Father, thank you so much. And, Lord, there are conversations to come for us. And, uh, Father, I think you're having a conversation this morning with some people right now. And I think you're saying to them, today is the day that you're to respond and to begin to follow Jesus, to say, yeah, he's my Lord and Savior. So I'm going to give you just a moment while we're praying here. If you would say today, Jesus, here I am.
I'm going to begin my journey with you. Would you let me know and slip your hand up and say, Tim, that's me. Pray for me. I'm going to begin my journey with him. Just let me know. And I, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Isn't that conversation with God awesome when he comes to you and he says, you know, I love you and I'm calling you and I want to just cleanse. I just want to take the chalkboard and just wipe it all away and I want to be able to begin to write a new story in your life. Come, Jesus. Come, Lord. Which story will you believe? That's in that handout. Which story are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what God says about you? About how much He cares for you and He loves you and will be with you forever? That's the story we want to choose every day and every moment, no matter what comes. Thank you, Father. Look, our prayer team is up here this morning to pray, and we're going to linger in just a moment. We're going to sing one more song. The prayer team's up here. I want to welcome you to come down and receive prayer this morning for anything. That you, If you're sick, if you're like, I've had a tough conversation, it didn't go well. I need God to come and kind of help patch this thing up and maybe work through this. Or, or maybe you had to let something go. You just had to let it go like we've talked about. Because sometimes you do. You just got to let it. Just let it go and let God deal with it. And later on, be open to reconciliation or redemption. Maybe there's something like that. Please come down and let's pray together. Pray with these folks. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.